0: Welcome in to the Skull Purple Podcast. We are back once again. Tony and Carson here with you on this Saturday afternoon as we record this for the audio listeners. This is when we are live on our YouTube channel for our audio listeners. We'll be posting this in just a little bit after this has been released, so Uh, Good to be with you on this Saturday afternoon. Tony, I thought it was a good idea to hop on since we didn't get a chance to really do a preview for the first preseason game. Not that there's a whole lot to preview in terms of uh, what we knew, uh, what we didn't know ahead of time um, compared to what we've already known. But anyways, uh, good to be with you. And uh, we're good to talk. We're glad to talk about the Vikings, even though the preseason game didn't go all that well. But that's why it's called the preseason. Right, Tony? Tony. Oh, no. Tony's been having some issues over on his end with the internet. Um, So we will. We will try and keep getting him in here as much as possible. But uh, make sure as uh, we get things rolling here, as you get in to the stream with us, hopefully that uh, you put a comment, give us your thoughts on this first preseason game, which, by the way, uh, looked pretty good in the first half. The Vikings were able to move the ball pretty decently on offense, settled for a field goal, got a touchdown pass from Nick Mullins to uh, Muse um, to Nick Muse, Nick to Nick. Um, so that was that was kind of cool. I didn't even know if Nick Muse would be back on uh, on the team this year in terms of preseason obviously but uh he was back and he was able to um yeah show that that he can make some plays here and there but um nick mullins actually looked pretty good he didn't he didn't uh throw a ton of deep passes there were about three or four i can think of off the top of my head where he went pretty deep but a lot of uh, a lot of the rest of them were uh, pretty much within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, and partly because the pass protection that Nick Mullins got was not very good. Uh, the Vikings really struggled in pass protection, especially once Jaron Hall came into the game. But, uh, yeah, it it was quite the uh, quite the rough time for Jaron Hall in his Vikings debut. Um, both quarterbacks did uh try and scramble a little bit, but Jaron Hall, uh the drive that the final drive I think it was that the Vikings had in the preseason game. Jaron Hall did not at all look to be comfortable because he got sacked two times in a row. Uh and yeah, the Vikings barely were able to move the ball and then on a fourth down they couldn't convert. Seattle took over and that was that um but yeah i i would say one of the biggest things for me from watching that game is maybe the letdown on the offensive line um not not the starters obviously but Ed ingram um he did have a mess up in pass protection i think he uh I saw Luke Braun, actually, a guest we've had on the show before. He actually did a little breakdown of that miss block from Ed Ingram and said basically that Ingram was supposed to block this guy, but he must have thought that the center was going to take the take that guy while Ingram watched for any late blitzes. So that was kind of interesting, and I thought that was... Yeah, just kind of telling of what Ed Ingram maybe still needs to catch up on in terms of this offense. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Ed Ingram can continue to improve. But really, the entire offensive line, second team not as bad, but the third team offensive line really bad. And, I mean, you're not expecting all-star caliber guys out there when you're at your third team, obviously. But I think maybe it does speak to the Vikings' depth on the offensive line a little bit that after the starters are out of the game, uh, it could be kind of tough. They do have um, better, like I said, better backups, but the third string gets to be a little rough. But again, it's preseason, right? We're just sort of waiting to see who can make the team and who sticks out. Who doesn't, um, you know? Like I said, Nick Muse with that touchdown catch—I think he had a couple other receptions as well—and uh, yeah. Then uh, defensively, Ivan Pace Jr. Um, he has been a beast so far this preseason and in training camp. Things have been uh, all the reports that I've seen on Twitter from beat reporters and such have been speaking very highly of what Ivan Pace has done. And there's even talk uh, amongst some of the reporters, some of the fans, of course, that maybe even Ivan Pace will bump Jordan Hicks for that starting linebacker spot. Maybe not immediately, but in this season. Um, So we'll see if that actually happens or not. But Ivan Pace, man, he looks like he can read an offense and where the ball's going very well uh, for a young player, and it's going to be fun to watch him. Um, we'll see if he can. Uh, we'll see if he can do well in coverage. That'll be something that I'll be watching going forward for him and for the linebackers as a whole, because we know how bad the linebackers were in coverage a year ago. Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks. And yes, part of it was the defense Donatel ran, but part of it also was the players were not as fast as the Tony Pollards and Saquon Barkley's of the world, which nobody, not many linebackers, are that fast. But um, you have to you have to be able to adjust as a linebacker uh, in the NFL. So, um, but yeah, I thought that was thought that was a big. Uh, sticking point, uh, Greg Joseph. By the way, uh, for you big fans of Greg Joseph, um, 54-yard field goal that he made that was pretty impressive. That was fun to fun to see him make that. Made another one in the game as well. But yeah, again, the the third team in that third quarter. It kind of seemed, uh, by the way, once that uh, once that punt was muffed by. Uh, Thayer Thomas, I believe it was. Um, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of the end. I mean, Thomas really just, yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. A teammate of his was in his way, so he couldn't actually get to the ball and Seattle recovered. And it was at that point, really Seattle took the hold of momentum and the Vikings could not get anything going offensively after that. And, so yeah, that was that's kind of a kind of the summary I would give uh, of the game. And now we've got Tony back in here. He's been having some technical problems because why not, right, Tony?
1: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Schubert, give me one second if you can hear me. I I uh, can't hear you. Okay. So uh, we're just gonna make sure we've got us all uh, squared away here.
0: All right. Well, it's uh, it's it's again preseason. Um, I posted a posted uh, a little statistics, uh, some statistics from the Vikings preseason history um, the other day on Twitter. Um, just in case people needed a friendly reminder, because I think there was some people that were pretty upset on Twitter. I'm just like, calm down. It's preseason. Um, so I posted this uh, back, dating all the way back to 2014. So, starting with Mike Zimmer era, the Vikings were four and zero in each of the first three years under Mike Zimmer. In the preseason, Vikings went seven and nine in the regular season in 2014. After four and zero in the preseason. In 2015, they went 11 and 5 in the regular season. That's pretty good after a 4 and 0 preseason. But then 2016, 4 and 0 in the preseason. They started out 5 and 0 in the 2016 regular season, but then finished 8 and 8. And then 2 and 2 only in 2017, but a 13 and 3 regular season. 2018, 3 and 1 in the preseason, 8, 7 and 1 in the regular season. That was the first year of Kirk Cousins. Uh, 2019, 4-0 in the preseason, 10-6 and in the regular season. 2020 COVID, 2021, 0-3 in the preseason, 8-9 in the regular season. And then uh, 2022 with Kevin O'Connell. The Vikings did not win a game with uh, Kevin O'Connell and have not won a game in the preseason with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach yet. Thirteen and four in the regular season, though last year. So uh, again, preseason meaningless in terms of record uh, variance on record into the regular season. As also a Lions fan pointed out, uh, Lions went four and zero in the preseason when they ended up going zero and sixteen. Their zero and sixteen regular season. Um, so again, take it with a grain of salt. Yes, there are some things maybe you should be concerned about in terms of the depth on this team, but it's not a big deal. I mean, it's it's practice pretty much. Um, you know, I mean, they call it preseason for a reason. Tony, uh, any thoughts uh, on that? Uh, st- those statistics, or any thoughts in general from the game? I've talked a little bit about Jaron Hall, a little bit about Nick Mullins, a little bit about Ivan Pace Jr. as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I mean, the preseason is, from a win-loss perspective, it's meaningless, right? It, it really does not matter, uh, you know, if you're winning games, losing games. I mean, I think every coach would say they would prefer to win every game, right? And, and of course, that's true. And, and I know the players feel the same. Um, they're all competitors. They're all athletes. But, again, statistically, obviously, it does not really matter that much. <clears throat> and I don't really put too much stock in in the win-losses either. I mean, it doesn't move the needle for me. Um, you know, do I appreciate the wins from a fan perspective? Of course. I'd be lying if I say uh, said I didn't. Um, the one thing that you and I talked about <clears throat> off-air, and uh, I'll just kind of say it here, you know, the one thing that, that the preseason is really good for in my opinion, is if a guy is going to excel, generally speaking, they will look better and they will look like they are rather dominant against a second or third string opponent, right? Um, you know, we can't take everything from preseason. you know, you can't you can't make every evaluation. Um, but if a guy looks like he's really struggling against the twos, the threes, the fours, that's pretty alarming. So there were a few things that stood out to me, uh, to touch on the players that you, you brought up. Um, I thought Ivan pace looked good. I, I think, you know, there's still work to be done there, but I like the fact that he didn't seem like a fish out of water, you know, running with the early squad. Um, he didn't show up in a really negative way. Um, a lot, uh, Troy die, uh, there. I felt like I was getting like PTSD from that Cowboys game with Tony Pollard on that, uh, wheel route. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I think that there could be some polish there, but again, he didn't stand out where I felt like he was a fish out of water and that's what you're looking for. You know, do they look like they're struggling? um, against maybe some inferior competition. I thought Addison looked okay. Um, you know, I'm sure with a, with a Kirk cousins behind center, he would look even better, right? Because Kirk's going to be able to feed him the ball. Obviously we'd have a starting O-line. I thought the O-line play was pretty spotty all night. Obviously it got worse as the night went on, but, um, I, I mean, it's funny because at halftime, I thought the offensive line play wasn't great. And then it looked really bad in the second half. So then it almost, almost overshadowed the spottiness of the first half. Cause I, overall, I just thought it was pretty poor. Um, it went from bad yeah. to worse. Um, so I don't f- feel like Nick Mullins had that much of a, you know, a clean pocket and a chance to get himself set and run plays. And I certainly didn't think Jaron Hall, uh, had the ability for us to really see what he could do when he had some time to go through progressions. Um, yeah, I like to see the athleticism. I know that O'Connell put this out there in the um, post game. I did like that, you know, when we did see Hall bail out of the pocket. Um, you know, he made good decisions, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather have a guy decide to throw a ball away than try to force a throw or just do something stupid. Right. So, um, you know, taking care of the ball. I mean, that's part of being a quarterback. So, um, and and we're not taking sacks. You know, I'd, again, I'd rather have an incomplete pass than a sack. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I liked that. Um, I saw some of the, uh, you know, accuracy arm strength that I, I, would, I would hope to see in a young guy. I just hope they flip-flop him this next week. I hope that Hall gets some time running with with more of the twos uh, just to see what, what we've gotten them. And maybe they'll reserve that for the third preseason game, which wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but, yeah, overall, preseason game was fun. Obviously, it's just fun to see Vikings back on the field playing football. Um, and maybe this will be a nice little segue, Carson, if we haven't brought it up yet. But uh, the bright spot for me, Um, wasn't Joseph a player. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that bad boy just kind of hooked right in at the last moment, but uh, I'll take it. If it's in, it's in, um, but you know, look, the thing that I just had me grinning ear to ear for, for the first half, um, especially the first quarter and a half, uh, the defense. Look, I'm not saying they're the next legion of boom here all i'm saying is that you could absolutely tell the ramp up in aggression the more exotic this defense is going to be and the fact that we're just not going to be afraid to bring pressure and that lets guys play free i i really and truly think that flores is about being aggressive playing hard trying to lay some hits on some guys um and being a bit more of a hard nose you know, defense and, and look for all the things that I felt were shortcomings of Mike Zimmer. That was one thing that he always instilled in the defenses. Maybe not so much towards the end where things got pretty pear shaped for everybody, but uh, you know, you, you always knew there was going to be an edge to the defense. And I feel like we got a little bit of that back with, uh, with, with Flores and the squad. I think they're going to play with a little bit more of an edge and uh, challenge. They're going to challenge the offense. And that's what I wanted to see. And I felt like I saw it and it made me happy. So Carson, did you feel the same way?
0: Yes. Yes, I did. I, I thought that, especially in the first half. Yeah. Um, the second half, you could definitely tell it went away a little bit, especially, um, There were, there was still a few drives when they were able to get stopped, but you know, there, when Seattle, I I kind of felt Tony, I said this, that the momentum turned when they got that muffed punt. Mm, Yeah, That's kind of when things went downhill for the Vikings and Seattle just took hold of the momentum and didn't give it back, took hold of the lead, didn't give it back. Um, So yeah, that, that was huge uh in the game. I i think not, you know, again, not that, oh, well, they didn't uh lose the they lost the game, big deal, but um but they are Thomas, right? That was the guy that muffed the punt, but he had a guy in his face and couldn't it's like, well, what do you do? Like your your teammate, it's your teammate. Like if it was one of the other uh players from the other team it's like well then that's kick kick catch interference but yeah um then you know if it's one of your own teammates it's like well tough luck (laughs) yeah
1: yeah yeah it was it was a tough it was that was a tough deal and the funny thing was is to see pete carroll getting all pissy about them not essentially getting a touchdown off of that it's like yeah this has always Gerald been the, rule, know the rules yeah, yeah. what Pete, <laughs> you're 110 years old you've gone through <laughs> 16,000 pallets of double mint gum on the sidelines right. <laughs> of the nfl how do you not know that this has always been a thing um but whatever i mean yeah but i agree i mean that was a big momentum changer and i mean it's like it's i hate to go back to the cliche of it's preseason and so whatever, but when you start getting into like the threes and the fours uh, you know, you and I were texting during the game. It really is a little bit like, you know, some of these guys aren't really going to sniff a chance, even at making the roster Uh, forget starting, you know, we we've moved on from competing for starting positions. These guys are just trying to have a job in the NFL. Um, at this point, so yeah, with the drop off in, in, uh, I hate to say talent, but I, I, you know what? I'll say this, actually, this is something I've, I've thought about for a bit. I think when you get to this level, this level of competition, and you're at this level of your career as an athlete, I actually think it's less about, um, I think it's less about athletic ability and more about consistency, Every single one of these guys can play. Every single one of these guys was a, a superstar at their position in college, uh, in high school. So at this point, it really just becomes who can do it every play, every you know every down. It's just right. that's what separates most of these guys. It's this razor thin edge of you know can a guy be consistent game in game out, play in play out, and I think that's really it. Um, and then obviously there's some ability separation, but, um, at the end of the day, that probably is only talking about the top 10% of players, the rest, it's just more about consistency.
0: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, uh, before we transition into Kareem hunt, I wanted to bring this up to our watchers. Those of us that, uh, Maybe those of you, I should say, maybe that are not on social media, which there may be a few of you. You never know. Exactly. And more power to you. I
1: hate social media.
0: I mean, I do it, (sighs) and I love you
1: all on there, but,
0: you know. (laughs) That's right. Um, But yes, uh, so we have a position open right now. Uh, It's not a paid position, but it is a position that we are looking to bring someone on that uh, would like to, you know, give their opinions on the show. Um, Someone that has maybe some experience with Audio, video editing, um, that type of thing, as you can see here. Um, So make sure if you are interested, know of someone that is interested or could be interested uh, to send us a message. We haven't gotten back to everybody yet um, or in terms of I think we've responded to everybody, but we haven't uh, met with people or got anything lined up for sure. So we're still kind of trying to feel it out a little bit. Um, see who else we can maybe see uh, is, that is available that would like to before we uh, go fully into making a decision. So um, if you're interested, send us an email, and that's skullpurplepodcast at gmail.com. You can see there the bottom of the screen, or you can DM us on social media uh, on Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram, Tony keeps up with all of that. So um, he's uh, he's the man. So uh, send us a message and he'll get he'll get the information to me and we'll make a decision um, eventually on who we want to make part of the Skull Purple podcast team here. And uh, yeah, so I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Tony.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it's
0: it's unpaid, Garson.
1: I would just say that it's not monetarily. Right. We're not. That's you know, right. Paid, paid and
0: experience, as beats. the old timers like to say. Exactly. You
1: know, we pay in smiles, and experience, and laughs,
0: and good times. And Vikings wins. That's right. Viking horns as well. And yes, um, that's that's right. Good times, <laughs> times or sorrowful times, uh, depending on. You know how it goes. So as most of you that are Vikings fans would know, it uh, definitely comes with ups and downs. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're interested in that, yeah, send us an email. Uh, skullpurplepodcast at gmail.com. I will do my best to uh, even check the spam folder and uh, make sure we had somebody send one to the email that went to spam so um finally got returned uh, returned a message to them so anyways skull purple podcast at gmail.com if you're interested in joining us we talk about the vikings and you know we are always looking to add um add more content to our channel too so if we can get someone in here that wants to do some of their own stuff on the channel on the platform um. Then uh, we'd be happy to have that as well. So, um. But uh, yeah. So moving on. Uh, I suppose we're almost thirty minutes in, and you're wondering. Well, uh, I thought I saw Kareem Hunt on the uh, on the uh, little uh, graf- graphic there, the thumbnail, and uh, here we are. We're talking about Kareem Hunt now, and uh, Kareem Hunt visited the Vikings. On uh, Was it Friday? Was it yesterday? I think it was. That sounds right. That sounds right. So Friday afternoon or morning, whenever he visited with the Vikings, Uh, of course, the Vikings um, still haven't filled the uh, running back role uh, left by Dalvin Cook. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they have to either. Um, I think, Tony, this to me is just kind of a formality to a degree. I'm not saying they won't sign him, but if they do sign him, it's going to be a cheap deal for the Vikings. And it's going to be because they are still unsure about the depth behind Alexander Madison at the running back position. And honestly, Tony, I'm fine. I'm fine with the depth right now. I don't, I'm not saying I wouldn't welcome Kareem Hunt in purple, but to me, it's just like, mm, do we really need another running back at this moment? Like, if somebody got hurt, yes, then we could have that conversation. But I think you have Alexander Madison, you got Ty Chandler, you got uh, Dwayne McBride, and we do have Kane Wongwu. I should. I should mention, Kane Wangwu is hurt, so maybe that is why they're doing it. Hello. Um, <laughs> so um, yes, that's that is a true point. Um, before somebody commented it, I uh, was able to decipher that information. So good. Um, but yeah, so I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on Kareem Hunt coming to the Vikings for a visit. Is there any? Is there any more uh, to this visit other than just a look-see? I mean,
1: I think it's just going to come down to price. I mean, they're going to kick the tires. I think Kareem Hunt is enough of a talent where you should kick the tires, especially if you think there's a possibility that uh, we could make a deal that that fulfills both sides' needs. Um, As you mentioned, If we were to not sign Kareem Hunt, would I be fine with that? Yeah, because I think that that Madison, you know, I feel pretty good about him. Um, I thought we saw a a good amount of positive plays from Ty Chandler, um, which I was so happy to see because I thought last year in the preseason and early on in the year, um, I saw some flashes of like, hey, this guy might have some juice. And so it was nice to see that again this year. Um, Kene, as you mentioned, is injured. And behind Chandler, I felt like there was a pretty significant drop-off. So I think the thought is with Hunt is that if they could get him on the cheap, um, that it wouldn't be a bad ad given the fact that, you know, if let's say Madison goes down or Chandler goes down, You know, what kind of depth are we looking at? Um, and not to say Wangwu is gonna be like out for the year, but you know, with these guys that take a beating in the in the trenches, it's tough. You know, those injuries linger. And so um we'll kind of see, we'll kind of see what happens. But I'm fine with them kicking the tires on Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's gonna sign here. I, I will say that. I think he's gonna sign elsewhere, only because I think the Vikings are gonna offer him lower than what he might get from a more desperate, uh, running back room. Um, you know, he might get like a four or $5 million deal. I think the Vikings would love to pay Kareem hunt, like two and a half million, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's like basically what they're paying Madison. Right. Maybe. I mean, I think they're paying Madison. What is it? Three, 4 million, something like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Some, so I, I, It's not much.
1: Yeah. So I would say they, they're going to, it's going to be below that range. Uh, so,
0: you know, and I think he he also visited the jets and the saints and maybe another team or two as well. Colts. Yeah. Colts was another one with Jonathan
1: Taylor, maybe holding out. Uh, right. And then the saints, obviously with Kamara going on suspension, I think the saints make the most amount of sense. I think he's going to sign with the saints. Um, I don't think Taylor's going to hold out. I think he'll eventually play. Um, and the Jets, I think, are going to sign Dalvin Cook. So,
0: yeah, they uh, they seem to like him when they when he came to visit. So, um, and Dalvin Cook is being a very anti-Viking right now because he says I'd love to play with Aaron Rodgers. Pretty much, he didn't say that. <laughs> word for word, but uh, he's like, yeah, I'd like to play with Aaron Rodgers uh, in a uh, non, not so, uh, not so uh, revealing way, I guess. But uh, yeah, anyways, or more revealing. I don't know <laughs> Well, and I think. So I think yeah. when it
1: comes to the funny thing is, um, is that when it uh, when it comes to this whole market right now with the running back free agents that are left, Dalvin is going to set the market. So I think that's, what's tough too is until Dalvin signs, then we don't really know what Kareem's worth. And I'm sure that's what these GMs are also thinking Uh, because if Dalvin signs for like, you know, like seven or 8 million, you know, there's no way Kareem should be asking for anywhere near five to six. Right. Because right. I don't think I mean, anyone would disagree like Dalvin's a better back than 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 Kareem Hunt and, and nothing against Kareem Hunt. It's just he's coming off of a down year where all of the, you know, uh, situations aligned for him to have a better year this last year. And he didn't. Yep. He actually yep. had, a, you know, a down year. So it feels like he's kind of on the downswing.
0: Whereas Dalvin's kind of still in his prime. So, know. Uh. Yeah. And uh, Tyler Fornis, uh, I just thought this was interesting. Um, he uh, wrote an article for Vikings Wire saying uh, the, uh, that he watched all of 17 of Jaron Hall's dropbacks again. And he believes his struggles were overblown for a few reasons, and he broke those down, grading all 17 of those dropbacks in an article uh at Vikings Wire. So and and we've already talked about that, Tony, uh back to Jaron Hall on uh just how little time he had to do anything. Um, so I'll be interested to maybe go watch that, uh watch some of those dropbacks and kind of give my um my thought process on that too. But yeah, it's probably a good article to check out. If you, if you're uh, really worried about Jaron Hall after he was under pressure for 50% or more of the snaps, probably. Yeah.
1: And I'm not, maybe I'm coming at it from a different angle too, but like I did not come away from that first game thinking like, Oh, this guy is like not looking good, you know? um, Right. I mean, I didn't. C.J. Stroud, on the other hand, well, yeah, that was all. That was all different. But, th- <laughs> but therein lies. You know, part of it is expectations. Like anybody that's right. listened to this podcast and heard us through the draft knows that I, myself, me, um, I don't have really high expectations for Jaron Hall. I think Jaron Hall could turn into a good backup. Um, basically like, I think the ceiling for Jaron Hall, for my opinion is basically, um, Nick Mullins. I don't think Jaron Hall, in my opinion, is an NFL starting quarterback. I just don't. But so, you know, that, that doesn't mean he can't be a good, and it doesn't mean he can't be serviceable, but those are my expectations. So I wasn't expecting him to come out and. I wasn't looking at it under the idea, like, can this guy be the quarterback of the future for the Vikings? Because I'm not expecting that. Um, I think if you were expecting that, then yeah, I could see how people are like, oh, and, uh, you know, to that, I would say the same response, which is the offensive line played terribly. So it's really hard to evaluate a guy where he doesn't have any time to process. He has no time to make uh any reads or go through progressions. Um yeah, it's you just it, it's impossible. I mean it it doesn't matter who you threw back there. You could have thrown Kirk Cousins uh behind that O line and he probably would have looked pretty darn bad because he had no time. Um so um you know I I I guess it's just that's kind of the thing. Um I just think sometimes fans it's a mixture of expectations and also looking at you know, what's within the, the control of the player. So if you're expecting Jaron Hall to be uh the next uh Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, I guess I'd agree with you. I guess I, he didn't jump off the paper for that, you know, for that for me. Um, But then the other end of it too is, you know, yeah, you got to give a guy time. So I'm not, it's kind of oh, like, yeah. I would say almost like, of my evaluation was this guy has no time to give me an evaluation (laughs) or, you know, give me anything to evaluate. Um, And then maybe the other 30% was okay. I mean, you know, there's something there, but again, see, for me, there's something
0: there as a backup. And I did think he accomplished that. So, well, and let's, and let's not underestimate how, Long it took some of these players last year to learn Kevin O'Connell's system, like Kirk Cousins. I don't know how many weeks into the season we were, and he was still saying, I still don't know this play very well, or something along those lines. And so, and Jaron Hall's been here for five months, not even, you know, so um, he's still got a lot to learn, not only the playbook, but also the play style and play speed of the NFL compared to college and BYU, because let's be honest, BYU is not the most competitive college football place to play. Um, (laughs) uh, But, but uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's pump the brakes. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not totally convinced Jaron Hall is going to be the greatest either in terms of starter, future starter, but, it's hard to give him really any type of an evaluation after that game. Oh,
1: yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and that's what I mean by the fact that he could still surprise me and, you know, be the next great thing. I mean, I don't know. Um, Let's hope. It Just It's just my expectations are relatively low. Um, I mean, they're, they're, I should say they're if, – if it's – can he be the next hall of fame quarterback? That's a Viking. They're low. Um, do I think he could be like a solid prospect for us that functions as a backup? Then um, yeah, I think he could do that. Um, and, uh, and I hope he proves me wrong. Yep.
0: Well, in a good way, <laughs> I yep, don't want him to right. prove me wrong in a
1: Kellen Mond kind of way.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. All right. Well, um Tony, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, is there really anything else that we need to uh to discuss here at this point? Uh we've talked about the game. Uh we've talked about Ivan Pace, we've talked about Cream Hunt potentially in Purple.
1: I think the only um, thing that I would maybe add. Daniil Hunter.
0: Or- Daniil Hunter. He's back, by the way.
1: Go yeah, if you, if you if you haven't yeah. If you haven't noticed yet Daniil Hunter is back. Um, you know, he's the only back. thing that I'll add from the, um, the game was it was nice to see Lewis seen back. Um, yeah, really nice yeah. to see him back on the field. The one thing I will say is that, uh, he's going to need to, he's going to need to get back into his aggression and what made him a first round pick. Um, because he he's playing very upright right now. Um, and that's what made him get drilled a couple times, get run over, as a few people pointed out, is he's just not lowering the pads. Now, I don't know if that's him bracing for hits because of the injury, um, which, look, I'm not – I mean, I played football, Carson, but I never had a compound fracture on the field. So I'm not right. going to sit here and try to, you know, say I would, would or wouldn't do anything. But what I will say is that he looks like he's playing a, there just were moments where there were some big hit opportunities and he kind of, I don't know, he just played upright. And I don't know if that's just bad technique or if it's him playing cautious, but we got to get that figured out. And I would imagine that's what's keeping him from getting a little time running with the ones, even if it's just, you know, practice and things like that. Um, So, you know, there's that. I thought Makai Blackman um, had a couple of plays where I was like, oh okay, look at this guy you know and I had and um, he had the penalty yeah, he had the penalty. I mean, the thing is with him too, he's a guy where I expect the aggression um he's a guy that was very aggressive in college. he's just gonna have to adjust to the NFL game and learn to use those hands strategically like all the good corners do uh, where they can get a little handsy, but they get away with it. Uh, this is a certain way to do it so, that's all, but I, I love the aggression, the play. I mean, I think it's good for this defense. It fits well with flow and what he's trying to do. So um, I thought all that was good. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as anything else to mention, obviously we got the, uh, the next Vikes game, which is going to be Saturday, seven o'clock Titans week from uh, today. J- joint practices with the Titans this week. Um, which is always kind of interesting. We'll see if we have any fights that break out <laughs> hopefully not yeah. um and then speaking of that, the only other thing I have to talk about going into this next game, maybe from week you know week one of the preseason, if you want to call it that, um is the fact that uh, we came out of that game relatively unscathed, Carson. I mean I unless you can think of any i, I I don't think there were any injuries that were of note. Now, I'm sure in every game there's always injuries, but
0: I don't remember. It might have been one, but I can't remember who it was.
1: Yeah, and and that's what I mean. And I don't mean like it sounds so bad. Nobody got hurt except that one guy that nobody cares about. It's an (laughs) inconsequential player. I know they're all human beings. Don't (laughs) at me at Carson. But, but at the podcast, yeah, yeah, there you go. yeah, just send it to the podcast. We'll make sure those go into a folder. We always Tony reads at. those. yeah, yeah, I do. I look at them and I eat my feelings. um yeah, uh, no, but I mean, I there were there weren't any notable injuries to players that I think would be competing for ones and twos that I guess that's a better way of putting putting it and um, and that's huge. I mean, that's massive. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's only one game, but every game where we can come out where we don't have any notable injuries, or guys getting a little nicked up, um, because that that just it can alter a season like that. Yeah. And so, um, let's all knock on wood and be happy that we're coming away pretty healthy, and hopefully we do the same on uh, Saturday next
0: week. There's your knock. There it is. It. There it is. There's your knock on wood. There you go. And that's all you need. All you need is knocks on wood. That's right. Forget forget love. Sorry, the Beatles. Sorry, Beatles. <laughs> they don't know anything. Uh, yeah, they don't know anything. That's right. Um that is gonna do it, I think. Uh, thank you for listening and watching. We are gonna post the audio here in a little bit after we get that. Posted for our audio listeners, you can also go there, too, if you'd like. Uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, pretty much. We are there. We are there. Tell Tell Siri or Alexa to play the Skull Purple Podcast. You know, yeah. that's, uh, that's a thing, too. You can yeah. do it. Yeah, you can fun it. fact: If you ask her to do that, she
1: actually just uh, she cusses at you, which is uh, I thought <laughs> pretty rude
0: of Alexa, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, she knows it's your voice, so she's like, "Tony, you said something about players and uh, not really, happy about it. Yeah, about some of that hate mail. being hurt. Yeah. Some of that hate mail is just coming straight from Alexa. That, that's right. That's yeah. right." All right. Well, uh, thank you again for joining us for this episode. We will be back next week potentially to uh, talk about maybe a little bit of a preview for next week, or we may just wait until after the game. Who knows, Tony? Maybe we will. Uh, maybe we'll do a little post game reaction next week. We'll, it could uh, be we'll fun. have to keep you. Uh, we'll have to keep you all updated on that uh, this week, but. Um, we are, we're trying to get back into the swing of things. Takes takes a little time. We all have things that come up. And so, uh, we're trying to get back at the swing of things. And then once the season starts, you're stuck with us. You are stuck with us. So you better just, better just enjoy your time now. And, uh, then you're, then you're, then you're in trouble. Then you're stuck. So stuck for a full season, stuck until the Vikings hoist that Lombardi trophy in February.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're going to be in a uh, regular season form here before you know it. Uh, no matter what, I hope everybody has a good rest of their weekend. Uh, of course, into next week, enjoy yourselves. If you're heading out to training camp, uh, good for you. I'm jealous. I really wanted to go this week, but uh, yeah, unfortunately with the work, it's just not going to work uh, for me, but uh, who knows, you know, maybe I'll sneak over there on a lunch break or something hop the fence and get arrested and then everybody will see me on the news
0: that's right making news in all the wrong ways possible yeah yeah skull purple podcast
1: I'll get I'll I'll have Carson's face tattooed (laughs) on my back and then I'll just take off my shirt run on the field it's 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 all for the now you know
0: now you know know who to blame it's this guy yeah it's all for the clicks (laughs) Very good. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next time. Be watching our social media for updates on when we're going to go live again. And uh, skull, as always. Skull, baby.